The following audio is from the sermon series, Bless. For more information about Harvest City Church, please visit our website at harvest.city. Well, hey, y'all. Um, man, I'm so glad to be here with y'all this morning. Uh, my name's Scott, uh, if, I, if I didn't already say that, right? I've uh, been up here a lot. I don't usually do announcements and all this business, but uh, today, for a very obvious reason, uh, I wanted to be the one up here with my neighbor as he's telling you about uh, this idea that came out over a couple of um, beers. So, uh, anyway, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at this uh, church, and I'm hoping to be one of the pastors on a diverse pastoral team that will lead us forward uh, in this desire to be a multi-ethnic church that we've had since we birthed Harvest City uh, over three years ago. So uh, this morning, as it is a family week, and I know that there's some young in the room, I want to start off with an encouragement for the kids, okay? Uh, kids, hearing God's word is not just something uh, that's for adults to do, right, Emma? Right? This is like, this is for all of us. And so uh, this morning, one of the reasons we're doing this, right, uh, is because it's the fifth Sunday of the week and, uh, or the month, and we have a, like, you know, first, second, third, fourth rhythm, right? That's how we do our serving stuff. Uh, but a bigger reason for this is actually the way, the way that it fits in is that we really value corporate worship. One of the coolest things that came out of uh, COVID, right, God makes, uh, uses, uh, makes good things out of even the, the evil stuff, right? One of the good things that he made out of this mess is that uh, one when we were doing outdoor worship or when we were worshiping in our homes, watching online, right? It created these atmospheres where a lot of us were worshiping with our kids on our hips in a way that we wouldn't normally. They would have been sent downstairs for Sunday school or done something else. And so this morning, kids, I want you to listen for a word from God, right? There's these uh, like little packets and binder things uh, out in the hallway. You can grab one if you didn't get one yet. Uh, And I want you to just try and catch one thing, okay? Try and catch one word from God this week, knowing that you and what you hear from him is different than what mom and dad hear. And if you can take the time afterwards, one of the greatest gifts that you could give your mom and dad is that you catch something that maybe they didn't hear. And it might be the one truth from God this week that your family needed to be tuned in and to hear from him, okay? So kiddos, uh, I'm gonna be talking to you a little bit this morning too, but make sure you hear and listen for that word from God. So we're in the middle of this five or second week of this five-week series. We're talking about living on mission in community by the power of the gospel, right? Uh, if you get tired of that, uh, you're probably at the wrong church because we're going to keep talking about living on mission in community by the power of the gospel. And if you remember, last week we started the first uh, letter of this acronym, BLESS, right? We're going to go through BLESS to be a blessing, listening, eating, uh, speaking, and Sabbath or recreating uh, as this like uh, these rhythms that we're trying to see lived out in our lives in order to be Um, a part of what God's doing in this world to restore Iowa City, the state of Iowa, and the ends of the earth. And so last week, we talked about blessed to be a blessing. And and the two big applications that we drove towards were, man, let's take inventory in our lives of the number of ways that God's blessed us, right? We live in America, so one of the biggest ways that God's blessed us is all of uh, us are probably uh, financially 
than most of the people around the world because a number, a large number of people around the world live on less than a dollar or a couple of dollars a day, right? And so that's one of the ways he's blessed us, but he's also, we talked last week, blessed us with talents and time and gifts and, and people that he's put around us. And so as we take inventory of those things uh, and the ways that God has blessed us, then we saw in scripture that he's blessed us to be a blessing. And so as we take inventory of those things, then we can take what God's blessed us with and use those things for his purposes to make this world more like it would be if Jesus was to rule and reign here right now. So that's this idea of being blessed to be a blessing. And this morning, uh, we're going to look into the second one of those. It's this L uh, and it's listen. And uh, this morning we're praying over here before the service and it kind of hit me that like listening is kind of like the Lego instructions uh, of your building blocks. Okay. How many kids uh, like Legos in the room? Huh? Anybody? Uh, our family, we love uh, some Legos, right? If you don't have the instructions, a lot of times you don't know how this block fits with this one, right? But when we learn to listen, y'all, when we learn to listen to the stories of people around us, things happen where you hear in someone else's life, oh, there's a need, and then you see in your own life, here's a way that I've been blessed by God, and it's like the instructions that this block goes with this block, I just didn't know it yet. And so as we listen, I think that's what we're going to see is that, that we're going to learn how to be a blessing to the people around us the more and more we listen. So I want to just jump into the biggest idea, one of the biggest ideas in all of scripture really quickly. In Matthew 22, 36 to 40, a guy walks up to Jesus and he says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Come on, teacher, just tell me what's the, what's the most important one. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Simply put, right, love God and love others. And what we were going to see this morning is that one of the greatest tools in obeying the greatest commandment is listening. Listening can be like a superpower that we use to love others. Whether we're, a good, whether we're good at listening or not, I think the majority of us understand how important listening can be in our pursuit of loving others. But this week, I want to take us on a journey through the scriptures so that we would understand why listening is important, not only to love others, but it's also crucial for us loving God. This morning, I think God wants each one of us to hear because God is attentive to us. Kids, that means because God's a really good listener. Because God is attentive to us, we must be attentive listeners. My sermon title for this morning is Listening and Remembering. Okay, so we're going to do this a little bit differently this morning. We don't often read scripture together out loud, okay? But this specific scripture that we're going to read this morning is kind of meant to be uh, read out loud like this. Actually, Jews have been doing this for a couple of thousand years. Uh, it's called the Shema, if you know much about um, the way that they live. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. I think we've got it up here, okay? So uh, I, I just want to read it loud together today. I know we don't do that very often, but let's do it. Here we go. I'll, I'll start us off. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Good work, job. Good, good work, y'all. Uh, because God is attentive to us, right? Because he's a really good listener. We must be attentive listeners. So as we look at this passage uh, and a few others today, my hope is that we're going to see that we listen because he first listened to us, that we recognize that our default is for talking and forgetting rather than for listening and remembering, and that Jesus is both our Savior and the supreme listener. Will you pray with us? God, we recognize uh, today that <laughs> I'm talking about the very thing uh, that the majority of us in the room are trying to do today, and that's listen. And God, uh, we know that when it comes to spiritual truths, that the only way that we hear them is by the Holy Spirit making room in our hearts for them. And so God, we pray that right now you would be at work in our lives, opening our ears, uh, softening our hearts so that we could hear from you uh, and not from some bum that lives on Flanagan Court. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Uh, lesson number one for this morning is this. We listen because he first listened to us. We listen because he first listened to us. Okay, I know that the whole grand story of redemption in the entire Bible starts with God speaking, so we don't often just think of God listening, but go with me here for a second, right? The beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then here it is, this mantra. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. If we jump down to verse six then, and God said, and then he created something else. And then we jump down to verse nine, and God said, and he's doing some more. And then in verse 11 again, and God said, okay? But if we keep tracking with God speaking, we'll eventually get to verses 26 and 27, where at the beginning of 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. So when God created man and woman, he created us in his image. That's part of the speaking that he did. He literally spoke us into existence. And as such, one of the greatest desires of us as humans and, and as Christ followers should be to reflect God's image to the world around us, right? So think about how that affects our lives. There's a lot of ways that we're used to this, right? We, we're used to the idea that we love as God first loved us, right? Like that's how he moved toward us in love, and so we try and that love uh, in other ways. We're used to trying to live uh, toward our family members and our neighbors and treating them better than what they uh, deserve to be treated because God has been so incredibly merciful to us that that's how we try and live that out and reflect that to the people around us. But one you might not have thought much about before is this. We listen because he has first listened to us. 
And because that might not be the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of listening, I want to walk us through uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, and how each person in the Godhead literally affects how we have conversation with God, how it affects our speaking to him and our listening to him and to others, okay? So start with our father, right? Like uh, that's literally like the thing that probably the majority of us, when we were taught to pray the first time, like we were taught our father who art in heaven, right? Like that's how it starts. If we're thinking about a conversation that we're having with God, it starts with our father, right? He is our father. And if, if that's true, then we are his children, who've been adopted into his family, scripture says, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. There is only one way to get into the family of God. Uh, we can't earn our way in. We can't be born into it, okay? You only have to be reborn into it by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. And so if he's your father and we are his children, then think about the wonderful things that the Bible says about kids, right? I was just sitting like right in that chair, right in front of Brandon this morning with Emma on one knee and with Lydia on the other knee. And I was telling him about how beautiful it is, the things that Jesus says about kids. When he's like, tells his disciples, let the little children come to me. And he encourages their faith. And it's because like God, the father loves it. When we cut to the chase, like a kid, and we just tell him what's on our heart. God the Father loves it when we with all genuineness and authenticity come to him and tell him our chats and just sit on his lap. You know what I mean? That's who our father is. And so if we are his children, think what that says about our listening. If we listen because he first listened to us, the way that God will always hear from us, man, that's a high bar of listening. He, as our father, always has an open ear to us, is attentive to our needs and remembers those things, right? And think about this. So not only God our Father, right? But we know from the scriptures that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, think about the Son, Jesus Christ, right? Jesus is talked about in the New Testament uh, many times as a mediator, right? Well, what's a mediator? A mediator is just uh, somebody that listens to this side and tries to help them get their point across because this person's not very good at listening right now. And then they listen to this side and then they try and help that person get their point across because that person's maybe not hearing all that well from them as well, right? And so Jesus, as the chief of all listeners, right, comes down into this world uh, and then he lives a life we couldn't live. He dies the death we deserve. He rises from the grave to conquer death, sin, and Satan. Now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God and he does this for the rest of eternity he's mediating between us and the father Jesus has come and put on flesh lived among us was like us and because of that he hears from us in a very specific way and he sits up there next to his father having heard from us and reminds him of the things that we're saying you think about thinking about the son's role in this continuous conversation should also encourage us that we are being listened to. And that should spur us on to listen to others and to listen to God even more. But one of the coolest things, as I've thought about this conversation, right, with God, uh, is the idea of the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, high and holy, but at the same time, he's near to us. And one of the clearest expressions of both God's uh, imminence and his transcendence, the way that he's with us, but he's also so awesome, so high, 
is the Holy Spirit. Right? The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit as God who has taken residence in all who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Romans 8 is one of these spots where it's just a great reminder to us about the Holy Spirit's role in our conversations with God. The first thing it says in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit is that he bears witness to us that we are children of God. It's like we, did a, we just did a record right there, right? We went through Father, Son, now we're to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's just reminding us that he's our Father and that we're his children, right? He's like, you are a child of God, God is here to listen to you. But he, I mean, yeah, your father speaks into your life every once in a while, you know what I mean, when you need it. But like he also loves to hear from you. So he's reminding us of that, the Holy Spirit is. But at the same time, the other thing that it says in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit reminds us uh, not only that we're children of God, but he helps us when we don't know what to pray for as we ought. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So the Holy Spirit himself intercedes with us for us with groanings too deep for words, the scriptures say. In other words, the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are children of whose father is the best listener and the Holy Spirit listens to our hearts so well that he knows what to pray for even when we don't. How much more then, if the Holy Spirit listens to us so well that we can interpret what to pray for, uh, uh, he can interpret what to pray for us even when we don't know what to pray, how much more then can the Holy Spirit empower us to be spirit-empowered, attentive listeners, both to God and to those around us? Family, we listen because God first listened to us. What I'm trying to get here is the power of listening. We know that prayer is powerful, but what, what we think about that, uh, we got to think about what that means for our listening, okay? So go Old Testament with me. Proverbs 15, 8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Think about what that means. Like God doesn't want us to just heap up things. He doesn't want us to just cut up bulls and goats and put them on an altar. And if, like, if that's not where our heart's at, he doesn't want that from us. That's not what he's asking for from any of us is outward behavior modification what his ears are open to the the prayer of the upright is acceptable to God he wants our hearts to be in line with his heart for us to know that we're his children to see him as our father and to speak to him as such those prayers he loves right the New Testament says it like this. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Like, let's deal with that sin like we did today. Let's tune our hearts back into God. Pray for one another that you may be healed. And then it says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You see, when God hears our prayers, it's a powerful thing. It's powerful when our prayers are in line with the will of God because God moves powerfully to heal and to sustain and to equip. But it's also powerful in that we know that the God of the universe has listened to us. He has heard us. Part of the power is that we know that we are heard, that we know that we are listened to by one who can do something about it and it unlocks the power for us to be better listeners too. And so the corner that I want to turn uh, together this morning is that listening uh, is both, this listening is both to God and to others. Man, uh, that man that asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment, right? Jesus, when he's answering him, he doesn't stop after saying, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
Jesus went on. He didn't say, uh, Jesus, what were the top two commandments? No, that guy asked what was the greatest. But Jesus, being a great listener, knowing what this dude needed, went on to the second one and said, and love others as yourself. You see, in the arena of listening, this means if you want to be listened to, then you must listen to others. This is a huge part of loving others the way that God has first loved us. Uh, but that's not our default, is it? Like, we, hopefully we can admit that together. Lesson number two this morning is this. We default to talking rather than listening and forgetting rather than remembering. Okay. So kids, uh, we're going to dial in together right now for a moment. Like, uh, how many of you have ever had a moment where you're like, man, if, if I could change one thing, if I could just change any one thing, then my day or this week or my life would be awesome. You ever, you ever thought, man, I, if I could just change one thing, like, let's get it done, right? What, any, anybody anybody want to share? What, what were they thinking? Right? Sometimes kids are like, man, I wish I was like six foot nine uh, and I was just taller because then I would be better at basketball, right? And you'd be like, man, then I could hoop it up and, and I could block all those guys' shots. I could dunk, which feels so masculine when you do it, right? Uh, it feels great. Uh, anyway, uh, some, some are like, man, uh, we had this conversation actually a couple of weeks ago. We're like, man, if I was just a lot smaller, Right? If, if, if I could just be smaller, then I could have fed in, fit into this awesome costume that we found at, uh, at Stuff, etc. And then it'd be like, well, then I had it. And then, instead of costume after that, because we weren't smaller. All of us were too large to fit into the really cool costume, right? Uh, well, I found myself uh, this week uh, not, like, not like wishing like that, right? Like trying to trust that God put me, grew me up in the right place, in the right situation, in the right time. But like wondering how my life would be different and how I would see God and his word different if I grew up Jewish. But here's why, okay? Because uh, the passage that we looked at already, that we read out loud together, is incredibly Jewish, okay? I know that the whole Old Testament is, but the way that they use it, and the way that it's a part of their morning and their evening routines uh, is so significant, and I think it would have changed the way that I understood it when I first looked at it if I'd grown up that way. You see, the Shema is this Jewish confession of faith made up of three Old Testament texts. One of them is the one that we read this morning, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Another one's Deuteronomy 11, 13 to 21. And another one's Numbers 15, 37 to 41. And when you put them together with the appropriate prayers, they form this integral part of evening and morning services for Jews. The name Shema comes from the initial word there in Deuteronomy 6, 4, when he says, hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That word literally means to listen and be attentive to. If you were to look up that one word in the Bible dictionary, you'll find that it means to listen and pay attention or to listen and remember. And so the thing that like Jews are reciting morning and evening always begins, listen up. God's like, listen up. This is who I am. This is how you should live. Listen up. So if we read it again, right, I think we'll get a better understanding of his meaning here. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, you guys don't have to read it this time. You can just listen, right? Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I commend you, command you today shall be on your heart. 
not just in your ears, on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You see the rest of the text beyond verse four and five put on display just how important the pay attention to or the remembering part of Shema is. It's not just hearing, okay? That word in English, I know it says hear, O Israel, but what we need to hear is listen and remember. Listen and pay attention to. I mean, if you were to go through the rest of this, it's like do whatever you can to keep this on your heart, right? If you gotta write it on your forehead, write it on your forehead. If you gotta hang something on your hand in order to make it happen, hang it on your hand to make it happen. If you gotta put it on your doorpost or the gates of your house, put it there, It's this important that we listen and pay attention to who God is and how he's made us to live. There's there's a lot to this listen, this Shema that is to be a part of the rhythm of our lives. When we're thinking about listening, one online dictionary said this, okay, as a definition. It's the ability to accurately receive and interpret messages in the communication process. Real easy, right? But it said this, without the ability to listen effectively, messages are often misunderstood. So another way you might say that is that listening gives us the ability to understand. If we don't listen to God, we won't know God. And if we don't listen to others, then we won't understand and know them either. So the question is, if it's really that simple, why then don't we do a better job of listening to God and to our neighbors? Well, it must be something passed down to us because when we go all the way back to the Shema, man, Siri's way better listener than I am. Man, she can't even, come on, Siri. That's like four weeks in a row. I got to turn that off somehow, you guys. Um, Maybe she's just trying to prove something to us that she's always listening, right? (laughs) Like we should be. There you go. Uh, bring it back now. But I think the reason that we don't uh, default to listening, why we default to talking and we default to forgetting rather than remembering is because uh, it goes all the way. We share something with God's people historically because it seems like the entirety of the Old Testament is like this broken record in which God's people either don't hear or they don't remember right? And they don't hear and they don't remember. And every once in a while they catch it and they do it right, but then they don't hear and they don't remember. And I'm pretty sure that if we looked at the Old Testament, that the root of that problem, the Bible calls it sin. You see, sin is when we fail to live the way that God has created us to live. And so uh, you've probably heard this old adage before. This is how God's created us. Uh, He's given us kids. How many ears do we have? Two. That's right. And uh, how many, how about mouths? How many mouths do we have? Yeah, just one. Seems pretty simple, but maybe pretty significant, right? We got two ears and only one mouth. If we were to live in line with the way that God's created us to live, maybe we would do better to do more listening than we do talking, right? I know it sounds overly simple, but the truth is that the Bible starts with God speaking. And then, right, when he spoke us into being, when he created us, he made us with two ears and one mouth. So just like God's people throughout the Old Testament, I think we have a listening and a remembering problem because instead of reflecting the image of God as attentive listeners, we often spend more time in our relationship with God talking than we do listening, don't we? 
So many of us get carried away with, yeah, like, oh, I have a good continuous conversation real going on with God in prayer. But what we mean like that is that we talk to him in our heads. Sometimes we talk to him out loud. Um, but when you're like, what about the Bible? How are you tracking with hearing from him through the scriptures? Like, ah, oh, man, don't ask about that. You know, like, I have I talk to him a lot at least. You know what I mean? So it seems like maybe that's something we share in common with them. And then even when we do turn to the scriptures as a means of hearing from him, oftentimes we read the scriptures with our own set of filters and assumptions that many times keeps us from actually hearing from him. Because we just hear what we want to hear, or we flip to that page that has the verse that we knew, and so then you know, we hear, but I wonder if we're truly hearing from God in those situations. And so instead of reflecting the image of God to our neighbors as attentive listeners, I think we're prone to talking instead of listening. How many of us like to talk more than we like to listen? Instead of asking really good questions and patiently to hear from those around us, we fill the silence because we're so incredibly uncomfortable with silence, aren't we? So we just, we just talk because we're like, oh, I don't want to like have to keep going through that again. Many of us think living on mission even has more to do with talking or saying just the right words than it is about listening to people's stories. But I don't think that's what we see in Jesus. So that's where we're going to land today. Lesson number three is this. Jesus is both our Savior and the supreme listener. Harvest City, Jesus stepped down into history after centuries, literally. Think about when the Shema came in. Uh, after centuries of God's people not listening and remembering what God had said. It's as if the Shema had gone in one ear and out the other over and over and over again every morning and every evening. And this is where many of us as parents, if we've said something over and over again to our kids, right? Right, parents? And you're like, man, I have said this a thousand times times what's our default when we get to that spot and you've said it so many times you're like I must really just need to lay the smack down right it's time I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the heat and I'm gonna make sure that they hear from me I'm not saying that's right and good okay I'm just saying that seems to be the default in our hearts but when people humanity God's people uh, over and over and over again seem to not listen to him and not hear from him and pay attention. That's not how the story goes. Even though God's people had failed to listen and remember for centuries, Jesus didn't condemn them. Listen to John three sixteen and 17 one more time. For God so loved the world, that's the people that don't listen and remember, right? That he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world or to lay the smack down, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Family, God the Father sent his one and only son into the world not to condemn us for our lack of listening, but to save us from our sin. And not only from the sin that's outside of us, right, that distracts us from listening, but from the sin inside each and every one of us that makes us use our one mouth more than we do our two ears. But this is what Titus 2, 11 and 12 says about that. 
says, for the grace of God has appeared. Jesus has come and shown us grace in a person, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. A lot of times when we think about grace, we think about grace as this free pass. Like, oh, well, here's his unmerited favor and now I got a free pass. No, no, no. In this passage, it says that grace is actually what trains us and transforms us. If you're here this morning and you've received the grace of God in Christ, then God is at work in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit training you to ask better questions. He's training you to hold your tongue in a self-controlled manner and he's training you to listen. And one of the ways that God intended to transform us from being poor listeners into a community of people empowered by the gospel to live on mission is by giving us a relationship with Jesus, the supreme listener. So let's learn from his example as the supreme listener. Oftentimes, when, when you're trying to learn from an expert about how to do something, we need to learn what they don't do and not just what they do do, right? <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a poop joke for you. Um, anyway, let's think about what he does not do first. Jesus does not see listening as merely a thing that we do to bide time until it's our turn to speak. Anybody, uh, uh, you know, maybe guilty of that from time to time? Nowhere in the gospel, search them and see. Nowhere in the gospels do we see Jesus listening to someone who's speaking to him until the moment that he finds that shared experience and then he can blurt out his own story, right? Like you were just waiting for that person uh, to get to the part of their story where like, now I can connect with them. And all I really wanted to do was listen long enough so that I could tell my story and fit it in that little situation. Well, nowhere in the gospels do we see Jesus doing this. This is one of the ways that Jesus is not like us because he's holy. So many of us are so quick to try and identify with other people's stories that we fail to listen all the way to the end of their story. Jesus does not do this because although Jesus is 100% human, he was also 100% God. Instead of trying to push his story into the conversation, Jesus asked great questions. He listened to the pe people's responses he remembered what they'd said in this conversation and in previous conversations. And then when the time was right, he spoke the truth in love. He knew all along that their story was best embedded in his story, but he listened to their whole story to see how it fit. Harvest City, what if it's true that more people will be listened into faith in Jesus than would be spoken into it? What if it's true that more people will be listened into faith in Jesus than will be talked into faith in Jesus? Well, let's think about another thing that Jesus doesn't do. Another thing that Jesus does not do that can teach us about listening is this. Jesus does not ever make wrong assumptions about people because he listened up to a certain point and then he thought he knew where they were headed and he hastily made an assumption about them, right? Okay, think about this with me. Uh, uh, husbands, okay, like just dial just going to admit it right now together. How many times have you gotten into a conversation with your wife and all of a sudden you heard that key word and you're like, oh, I know exactly where this one's headed. And then you turn tune out and you start thinking about how can I turn this conversation because I know where we're headed. It's going down that road again and I don't really want to go there. 
But how many times in that situation do we make a you-know-what out of me and you, right? That's what happens when you assume, right? You make a you-know-what out of you and me. Just spell it out, okay? Um, Kids, hope you're not that good at spelling this morning. You see, Jesus doesn't ever make wrong assumptions about people. Jesus doesn't do this because he loves people genuinely. He has all the time in the world for us. And even if we are headed back down that same line of conversation that we've been down before over and over again, he's willing to walk with us down that line because he loves to be with us and to know us. He loves us. You see, people who are good listeners know that making assumptions kills our curiosity, and curiosity is such a big part of what makes us good listeners, right? If you're just genuinely concerned about or uh, curious about someone's vocation, you could talk to somebody for hours and hours, right? You don't know anything probably about what they do unless they're your coworker. And just asking curious questions could get you so far down the road in a conversation. But we can't just talk about what the listening mistakes that Jesus did not make if we want to learn from him. We also have to be uh, learning about how to be an attentive listener, right? So we must also look at what he did well. And so let's think about three things before we head home, okay? One of them is that Jesus, if you looked at thematically through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you'd see is that Jesus over and over and over again listened to his father, Right? It seems like that's what he did. In Mark one twenty five. he got away early in the morning before it was even light out, which, by the way, is when uh, I'm driving to church now, it's like pitch dark, okay? Not a huge fan of that. Love driving in the light to church, but this morning, lights are out, you know, because we haven't hit the daylight savings time yet. That's when Jesus got up, and he's listening to his father over and over again, okay? Not only does Jesus listen to his father pretty consistently there, but it seems like before the major decisions, right? Before he's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bank on these 12. These are gonna be my disciples. Well, what's he do? He stays up all night. I think he's just tuned in, listening to his father, praying, having this conversation with God. Jesus, better than any of us, was so good at listening to his father, Okay? If we are going to actually live out his example, we're not going to do it in our own strength. We're going to do it because he has first done for us, because Jesus has saved us and given us the spirit of God to empower us to live out his example. We're not just a people that copy and paste from Jesus. We're a people that by God's grace through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're in him, can live the way that he has created us to live. So here's the two other things that I want us to see about Jesus as a listener. Jesus was an absolutely brilliant question asker. Okay, if you were to receive any one thing from me as a challenge to go do this study or go and think about this, it would be to go to the Gospels or, well, here's what really, this is how you cheat the system, okay? Don't tell everybody I told you this. But if you just go to Google and you Google like Jesus the question asker, okay, what will pop up is probably some PDF of every single question that Jesus asked in the Gospels. You can find some website where they're listed off. And then I want you to go through and actually look at the questions he asks, You know, oftentimes we think of questions just as a means of like starting a conversation or moving the conversation farther down the road. But Jesus would respond to questions with questions, right? It's how the conversation sometimes ebbs and flows and turns and makes a hinge. And those are really important moments when Jesus asks such questions. Or Jesus sometimes Jesus uses questions and that's the way that he like shoehorns himself out of a situation when they're going to kill him and it's not his time yet, right? 
And he's like, well, what about this? Did you ever think about this yet? And when he asked that question, it's just like his questions are like marvelously placed. Uh, They're so well asked. And like, this is what we need to learn from, right? If we want to be a people that listens because God has first listened to us, we've got to dig into Jesus, the question asker. Y'all, whether it's thinking about, um, man, the conversation stack, I can't tell you about that today, uh, and just like a little metric that helps get you through to learn more about people's lives or uh, other mnemonics that will teach you what questions to ask when you meet people in order to be curious and learn more about their lives, um, let's learn from the example of Jesus, the brilliant question asker. But this is the kicker, okay? And this is what I want us to go home thinking about in Jesus as a listener, Jesus, the master listener, wasn't just listening to one person at a time. Jesus, throughout the entirety of the Gospels, was a master of dual listening. Okay, think about this with me. The entire time Jesus is having a conversation with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he's also having a conversation with the Holy Spirit, okay? Jesus is a master dual listener, okay? And think about how this plays out, okay? He's not just listening to this woman that he meets at noonday uh, around the well, uh, but he's actually also listening to the Holy Spirit, right? What we know from scripture is that Jesus, the God man, 100% God, 100% man, like didn't just pull out the God card and he's like, well, I already know all the answers to your questions. I don't need to ask them. No, he's dialed in, listening to this woman and listening to the Holy Spirit. So even before he asks her a question and knows anything about the man that she's in a relationship with right now, like the Holy Spirit's like, bro, pay attention to the fact that she's here at noon. And maybe that tells you that she's an outcast. And you're thinking about what an outcast in this area looks like. And and so Jesus, just by listening to the Holy Spirit, is paying attention and gets somewhere in conversation with her so much faster than you and I would. Because you and I might just be listening to that person when what he's really calling us to is to live in line with how he's made us, that the spirit of God has taken residence in us and that we're listening to the Holy Spirit at the same time as we're listening to that person. Jesus is a master dual listener and if the spirit of God is in you, this is the cheat code to us listening the way that he has listened to us. Family, Jesus was so good at listening and remembering that he created a sacrament right here, what we see on these, ta- on these tables, that, that we as his people would use for thousands of years in order to remember what he's done for us. Jesus has heard his father's purpose for sending him to earth so that before Jesus even died and was resurrected, he gathered his disciples in the upper room and he said this, he took bread And he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Y'all, the gluten-free bread up here on these plates that we eat this morning reminds us of the bitter death that Jesus died so that all who failed to listen and remember him perfectly and live out God's commandments could know that there was one who listened perfectly and died in our place. And the white grape juice and the red wine up front here represents the new covenant in Jesus' blood. You see, the old covenant's a covenant of works that says, hey, here's the bar, and you didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't jump over it. 
But the new covenant is a covenant of grace that reminds us Jesus has jumped over that bar in your place even though you didn't deserve it, even though we didn't listen or remember, to, even to the Shema. God showed us unmerited favor in the person of Jesus Christ. So this morning we're going to respond to the good news together. Here at Harvest City, the communion tables for those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If this is you, we invite you to approach the table, come up the center aisle, receive the elements, and head back uh, on the outside aisles. If you've yet to repent of your sin uh, then, and believe the good news, then we encourage you to listen. Like, do that listening. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Listen and reflect on all that God has done for you. And during these last two songs, there's two other ways to respond. One is there's going to be people back in the back in these prayer stations. And we encourage you, come back and have somebody else pray over you. Sometimes that's the way to break through and to hear from him uh, and, to, and to hear better. And then lastly, this is for all of us, right? To just sing from the bottom of our hearts at the top of our lungs. Let's give him the praise because he is such an amazing listener and he has not come to condemn us, but he's come so that we might be saved through him. Will you pray with me? God, um, this morning as we think about being a people uh, who were um, created and who live on this earth in order to be your blessing, to be a blessing through which all the families of the earth would be blessed. God, we recognize how much better we would be at that if we were just better listeners. Oftentimes we sit and we wonder, what, what could I do for that person? I don't know how to bless that person. And I think it's because we haven't taken the time to ask enough questions. We haven't left enough silence for them to fill. And we haven't taken notes and remembered so that the next time in conversation we don't have to go back to ground zero but we could ask about that thing and start from there and keep moving forward I pray that Jesus' example would shine so brightly in our hearts that we would not feel condemned by him that we would, uh, know that we're forgiven try upward to be ask phenomenal questions love people through listening God, make us into those kind of people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.